Hey guys, and welcome to episode five of the Surf Coast Communities Podcast, season three. With me across the table from me today, we are turning the tables and our co-host Jess Mallington. Jess Mallington, welcome to the Surf Coast Creators Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. I'm sure you're very excited about today's interview, which is going to be with you. I am very excited. I'm looking forward to hearing this story, actually, because not many people know that you started a gym at the tender age of 26. That's correct, isn't it? I did start a gym when I was 26, and it was a very, very interesting time. Putting it lightly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it was a tough challenge for you. It had a lot of fun. It was called the Ox Effect, the gym. We'll get into the details of the gym a bit later on, but just before we do, we're going to fire off with our first segment, which is called Breaking the Ice. Are you ready? I'm so ready for this, Ben. I've been waiting for this. This is our new segment for Season 3, which guests uh, have been loving, so we're finding out lots of juicy details, actually, about our guests' personal lives. Yeah. Nothing too juicy, you know, but... (laughs) Just enough to sort of get the conversation flowing. So are you ready? I'm ready. Question one, where were you born? I was born in Ballarat at St John of God Hospital. St John of God Hospital, so was I. Really? I was born in 1982. I was 1990. So eight years later, there you were in St John of God Hospital. (laughs) Yep. Big shout out to St John of God. (laughs) Again, we do a few shout outs. Second shout out. Where did you grow up? I grew up all over, actually. My dad's a farmer, so was a farmer. So we grew up in Timboon, Berrigarra, uh, Rokewood, and Timboon. Timboon, yep. We were there for a little bit, and then. Do you know how long it? You were born at Saint John of God, and then you went straight to Timboon, or did you spend a bit of time in Ballarat? No, we lived in Rokewood, so just outside Ballarat. So Mum drove all the way into the hospital to have me. And Paul then... Louise, Louis. <laughs> Shout out to Louie. Shout out to Louie and Razor. Razor Ray, your yeah, dad. Yeah, I think he was shearing at the time. But um, yeah, we lived in Rokewood until I was about four. And then I remember going to kindergarten at Timboon. And then was there for a little bit. Then we moved on to Birigara. I went to primary school there. Birigara down there near the coast in near, uh, near Colac. Yep. In the west. Farming. Farming territory. Territory. Cow country. Yeah. Dairy so, country. So dad was a dairy farmer. Dairy farmer. Yeah. So lots yeah. of ice cream. No, just fresh milk. Just fresh milk. Cheese, lots of cheese. I remember he always bought different types of cheese home for us to try. Yeah. And I think that's why I love cheese so much because we just tried a lot as a kid. It was everywhere. You do love your cheese. So Ballarat. Tim Boone, Berrigar, Rokewood. <laughs> Is there anywhere else you haven't lived? Um, not that I can think of. Ended up in Ballarat and uh, yeah, yeah. When went I was, to high school at Loretto. When I was six, I went to primary school in Ballarat. So we moved back in there because I think there was a few more of us at this stage. So it was a bit better to be in close to school. And then... Just for our listeners, Jess has five siblings. siblings. So six in total. Yeah, and I'm the eldest. So... I think just for mum and getting to school and things like that, um, it was a bit easier to be in town. And then dad got out of farming when I was 10, so... Right. Had enough. Had enough. Yeah. And there's a landscaper. Yep. Outdoorsman. Outdoorsman. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, interesting to hear. So that's, that's a lot of movement by the age of six, but yeah. eventually settled back in Ballarat. Yep. And then we moved around a lot in Ballarat, so... Change is good. Well, that was a very long answer to question two, Jess. I like drawing it out. (laughs) 
Question three, full-time or part-time creative or entrepreneur? I'm a full-time entrepreneur. Um, I wouldn't consider myself as a creative as such, mm -hmm. but I definitely work, work for myself and have freedom within my own job. So, yeah. Flexible schedule. Yeah. As much as can be. You don't work weekends, which is a miracle for a PT. Yeah, well, I think I've done enough weekends, weekend work. When I finish up with the gym, which I'll probably go into later, I refuse, not refuse, but just didn't want to do weekends anymore. So yep. you can vouch for that. Getting up at 5 a.m. Monday to Friday is probably enough. Oh, yeah. And sometimes 4.30. Yeah. You just make sure I'm awake before you leave, don't you? Just, <laughs> just in case. Just, sure, just to ensure that I'm up and about. <laughs> I'm enjoying those 5 a.m. wake-ups, I can tell you. You can tell by the sound of your voice. <laughs> Question four, are you a camper or glamper? Well, I think I'm a camper. We've discussed this before in your interview. Yeah, it all came out, didn't it? Yeah. But, um, no, actually I am. I really enjoy travelling and getting out there, so... I'd happily sleep on the grass if it meant that I was going to see somewhere new. Um, on the I'd grass? Sleep, or a hammock. I've slept in hammocks multiple times. Slept on the beaches. Just like random spots just to make sure that I was in a new spot. So. My God, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> did you even know that? No, I did not know that at all. Sleeping on the beaches. How'd you go with the mosquitoes? I'm actually allergic to mosquitoes, so if I get bitten, it's not very pretty, but I live with it. Yeah, well, it's a tough call, living at, sleeping on beaches and the grass, and what about Tassie, where it's cold and frosty? Have you slept on the grass in Tassie? Don't think so. I was there as a kid, but I don't remember it. I love this idyllic thing of, you know, sleeping on the beach and all the rest, but try sleeping on the beach at night anywhere in the world. You'll get eaten alive by mosquitoes. I did it in Greece. Trust me, I've tried it. <laughs> tried it in Asia. It didn't work out. Uh, that was a good one. So we're leaning towards camper. You're roughing it. Rough it, yeah. All right, so we'll go with camping. So question five, favourite TV series? Um, we've been watching Homeland a lot, and I really did like that show up until you killed it by watching multiple episodes <laughs> over and over. It got a bit much there at one point. It did. But, um, Knocked off seven seasons in about three weeks. Yeah. I actually don't know what to do with... With your life. With my life now. I know. Now that it's over. But I, I do have a favourite one. It's um, McLeod's Daughters, funny enough. McLeod's Daughters. Well, yeah. there's one from the left field. <laughs> yeah, most most people have said something, you know, it's currently rating on Netflix or <laughs> Stan. And here we are with McLeod's Daughters. I love it. It's that nice. was a ripping series. Yeah. So good. And I've watched it, re-watched it a couple times. I know of times. my mum and dad used to watch every episode. Yeah. Religiously. So it appealed to a lot of people. A it's very on broad Stan, audience. So you can uh, watch the whole series on Stan. I'm sad to say I haven't watched one episode of McLeod of Storters. Oh, lucky. Lucky for you, we can watch it again. I'll happily sit through another <laughs> round of McLeod's Daughters. Maybe we do Homeland again. Mm, no. <laughs> All right, we'll give McLeod's Daughters oh, a try. <laughs> yeah. I've right, so favourite TV series, McLeod's Daughters. Question number six, are you ready? Yep. Were you busy during COVID or not? Uh, the second half I was very busy. The first half was a struggle, losing work all over the shop. At the gym, I was doing some Airbnb, like some cleaning for a, a holiday rentals. Lost that because no one could travel. 
and then yeah then it picked up went crazy because gyms weren't open so people started contacting me asking me to do mobile personal training so in the end I've gone from four PTs a week um, that I just did for a few of my old clients from the gym Mm. to now like a full-time schedule Monday to Friday so again I don't really need to work the week well I just block out the weekends because I do enough during the week and I really like that work-life balance yeah, you do do a lot during the week, I must admit. It's about 35 PT sessions, which I think is equivalent to about a 40 to 50-hour work week, mm. given all the planning that you do for each session as well. Yeah. It's very tough to just roll up and come up with a routine on the spot. So I know for for certain the amount of effort that you put into planning for your routines. So yeah. it is a big week. Yeah. Especially when you're up at 5 a.m. Yeah. Don't mind a little nap in the afternoon. I definitely have a nap at about 1.30, 2.30, sort of, that sort of time. And then it just helps me get through. Otherwise, I'd be stuffed. Actually, it came up in last week's podcast with Craig Crosswaite from CC Images. He, has, he used to have a nap advertising executive. He ran his own agency in Melbourne. He actually had a couch in, in his, his office. office. Yeah. And he used to be lights out, 2.30 to 3 o'clock every day. Yeah. And everyone knew not to disturb him. Exactly. So that was... And then he worked through to... Six, eight o'clock, so not a bad strategy, the little nap during the afternoon. Well, works for me, works for him. Well, what great minds think alike, don't they? So question number seven, your favourite quote? Well, I have a few quotes and I've got them here in front of me. Gosh. (laughs) I love this question, actually, and I love hearing what um, the guests say. But anything by Amelia Earhart, the aviation pioneer... Um, yeah, trailblazer back in the day. Yeah, so I used to, whenever I was like having... First lady to fly... Across the Atlantic. Across the Atlantic. Solo. That's it. So whenever I was like struggling with work or whatever I was doing, I didn't wasn't quite sure I was on the right track, I'd look up her quotes on Google. And the first one was, the most effective way to do it is to do it. So I'm very impatient. And I love to just, if I've got, like, energy to do something, I'll just smash it out. But, um, yeah. Hence the reason why you started a gym at age 26. Yeah. But that took about a year of planning to even, like, get to that point. It's not like you just moved to Torquay and said, hey, I'm going to open a gym. There's a lot of planning. Yeah, yeah. We'll come to that in a second. So is that your only quote? And then... Just to repeat it for our listeners. The most effective way to do it is to do it. Is to do it. And the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. The fears are paper tigers. You can do anything you decide to do. You can act to change and control your life. And the procedure, the process, is its own rewards. I like that. I especially like that part about the fears are just paper tigers. Yeah. How good is it? It's all in our head. She's amazing. was amazing. So she said that as well. Yeah, she used to be an author as well. She's got some really cool, interesting read, reading material. She's got a movie too, doesn't she? Didn't they do a movie on her? I have seen that, but I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think we watched it in school. Yeah, maybe look that one up. So, Amelia. <laughs> Earhart. 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 Yeah, that's... Uh, Earhart. 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 There's yeah, a couple of good quotes there, Jess. So thanks for participating in our first segment yeah, called thanks. Breaking the Ice. 
How did you find that? I love that part. I really wanted to just do that. Did you have any more quotes there? I have a hundred quotes, but you probably don't want to. Give us one more, maybe. Give us three. You've given us two? Let's, let's, see. let's hear one more. A very short one. Advent- adventure is worthwhile in itself. And that one was always if I was deciding whether to go on a trip or not. But I find that it's quite hard to look at that one at the moment because we're so, like... Locked in. Locked, locked in, yeah. Hemmed in. So I don't really look even, at, That even, one doesn't feel relevant. Even, oh, well, it applies to life and business and all sorts of things, not just travelling, so... Yeah. The podcast, for example, the Surf Coast Creatives has been quite an adventure. Yeah, that's true. So... Yeah. I think it applies to to many, many different things. But, yeah, you're right with lockdowns coming in again in Sydney and New South Wales and little outbreaks and little clusters here and there. So it's a little bit scary. Yep. Fingers crossed we're all good for Christmas, which is only a couple of days. Touch wood. Touch wood. Three sleeps till Christmas. Three sleeps till Santa comes down the chimney. Woohoo! Do you think you'll find us in the new house? I don't even know if we have a chimney. Do we update our address on the Santa database? No. I don't think we did. So that was good. So seven questions. We fired them off. We introduced that segment this year just to try and get to know our guests a little bit a little bit better. And, well, a good example was Jess Sherman, who's a good friend of ours, and we fired off seven questions and we found out that she grew up on a tropical island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. don't know if it was tropical, but it was off the coast of New Zealand. And then she ended up going to school in Brunei and met the Sultan. Like, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. We found out that Craig Crossway was from Ballarat. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we found out that Luca Rossi from Babel Surfboards actually saw his first breaking wave at the age of 22. And now he's a surfboard shaper, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And what else? Jimmy Buscombe. What did we find out with Jimmy? From Warrnambool. Warrnambool boy. The last couple of years, but he's actually from Croydon. Where Magda Szabanski Skub- <laughs> is from. You can take the boy out of Croydon, but you can't take the Croydon out of the boy. Is that how it goes? It does, yeah. So exactly. all sorts of interesting facts and figures. We didn't miss anyone there, did we? No. Um, well, apart from myself, from the first episode, the welcome episode. So we found out that I too was born in St. John of God, Ballarat, along <laughs> with Jess. And was Craig born at St. John of God? Did we, we go that far? We didn't go that far, no. All right, we're just making assumptions now. <laughs> but yeah, fun little segment, so I hope our listeners have enjoyed that. Wanted to interview Jess today just to get to know her a little bit more. She's got a big story. We're coming into Christmas. We wanted to do five episodes before Christmas, and we thought, why not interview Jess? Well, Jess thought, why not interview me? <laughs> <laughs> didn't you, Jess? Yeah. But you've got a really interesting story, and I think there's a lot of listeners that could take away a lot of lessons from today's podcast. So let's go back, as we always do. Let's go back. So starting a gym at age 26, mm-hmm. growing up in Ballarat. Let, actually, let's, let's go back before the gym. What were you doing before the gym started? So age 26, started the gym. What were you doing between the age of 18 to 26? So I started travelling and met a bunch of people along the way. I was working in the hospitality industry uh, and I met um, one lady and she told me about the super yacht industry. And so I went over, followed like her um, advice, went over to Florida, started floating around. Um, I'd done my course back in Sydney 
like a five-day safety training course. Florida, what was that like at that age? Nice and hot. It was a, actually, my first day I got dropped off in the taxi and there was all these geckos like running across the concrete footpath and I was just freaking out. Like I w- just was stuck rooted to the spot for like 15 minutes because I didn't want to get these little lizards to like crawl over me, crawl <laughs> all over me. So, Were they going after you? No, they just run, like they move, but I yeah. thought that they'd run at my leg. So I just was stuck there waiting for this like sun-baking little lizard gecko thing to move. And then eventually this woman walked past me with her shopping and they just like scurried off. So I kind of like walked behind her really closely to like, so that they wouldn't, I don't know, for her to pr- protect me. So never mind the million and one things that can... Kill you in Australia. Kill you over there. It was the geckos that got you. Little lizards, yeah. Little lizards. Yeah. I don't like little crawly, creepy crawly things. Never mind crime in Miami and you know, <laughs> drug syndicates moving back and forth and yeah. all the rest. It was the geckos. It was little geckos. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. I was in Lennox Head having a sandwich one day and all these geckos came out of nowhere. They were coming after me because I had a sandwich and I <laughs> absolutely shit myself. Mm. Like basically <laughs> up on the picnic table. <laughs> Um, up on the step and then up on the table. Yeah. And all these little geckos. Coming after you. On the march. Yuck, so gross. I was terrified. Yeah. They just move really quickly and like, yeah, I don't like it. I'm actually not sure what happened. I think I jumped off the table and ran away. <laughs> I was nearly going to throw the sandwich out of the back fence. kept the sandwich. Yeah, I kept the sandwich. I can believe they just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Just up and over the ledge. Yeah, they kind of hide in the cracks and things. Hmm. So anyway, I got to Florida and um, there's a big, the biggest port is in Fort Lauderdale and then there's another one in Fort Mallorca. Fort La- Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale, which is like 40 minutes from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big party town, so where everyone goes to spring break. So you know, in right. movies you always see, spring break! That's where they go, Fort Lauderdale. Is that a suburb of Miami or is it just, it's, it's like just Geelong, a different county. 40 minutes away? Yeah, just different city. Except it's not party central, Joel. Joel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I worked, went there and got a job on the yachts, super yachts, as a stewardess. I was a junior stew, and then I worked my way up over the next six years. So I was only supposed to do that for six months, and then six years later, I finally left the industry. Are we allowed to talk about who you worked for on the boats? No, no. sorry, I've signed it. NDA. You worked for some very, very high-profile individuals. I did, and I can't um, disclose who they are. Anything. Can I'll, be get, say I'll what, get sued. Can we say that he's played a sport? That's about it. We won't go any further to prevent being sued. We haven't been sued on the podcast yet, so that's a good result. That's a great result. <laughs> <laughs> Season three, here we go. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. And it's a massive party industry. Like, you have all these rich people tipping you big money. Hmm. Um, you work your butt off. And that's one, that's a, that's where I learned to work long hours. So I was used to getting up at 5, 6 a.m. and then working through till like 10, 11 o'clock minimum. And then sometimes you do like 23 hour shifts depending on what sort of boat you're on. So I wish you could tell a, write a book about the stories from your yachting days. Yeah. But I, if you watch, like, Below Deck... The... Jess Mallington, former yachty, tells all. <laughs> I can say it on 60 Minutes. 
There's a there's a good TV series, like a reality TV series that well, covers it all, so I don't need to. Well, I think there's something in this, Jess. <laughs> there's a new podcast in this. No. We don't have to name names. Mm. Some high-profile businessman from Sydney. Yep. As Jess shakes her head and... Yes. <laughs> Move on. So I did that. So I was yachting. Yeah, yachting. And then it was just a like, big party industry, so... Um, I found that I was, you know, out partying after work at most nights and then I hated the, got kind of like stuck in this party lifestyle and then wanted to change, wanted to be healthier, wanted to stop drinking as much, stop the late nights and I've always loved fitness so I decided to sign up, I think I was in Greece and my sister went out um, to get get us some lunch. And I saw this personal training course online, so I signed up there and then, and then... There and then? Yeah. That quick? They were gone 15 minutes, and I like just signed signed up to this online personal training course. Who was, was the course with? FIA, so Fitness Institute Australia. Something. So they're based in Sydney? Sydney and Melbourne, yep. And then you can just do it online, so I figured I could do it after work instead of going out and... They still exist today. Yeah, yeah. So many of these private colleges offering cert fours in personal training. But yeah, you committed and you did it. Was it a diploma or certificate? Cert three, cert four. Cert three, cert four. Yep. And, and then personal training. How long did that take you? A year. Oh, yep. Yep. So did that all online. Yeah. And then moved back to Sydney. And what did you do in Sydney apart from study? Well, I was working on a yacht for a family, and that was like an eight till four, eight till four, Monday to Friday, and then on the weekends when they came on, it was non-stop, but then from four till seven, I'd go upstairs into the wheelhouse and study, because it was nice and the quiet. wheelhouse. That's yeah. where you did your notes on PT. Yep. So, studying hard, uh, living in Sydney, you had to find Sydney, being a country gal. Country gal. Uh, it was pretty cool. We lived in, we were docked in Piermont, so we oh, had yeah, an amazing view of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yep. That's why I went up to the wheelhouse because you could always see the view of the city, Darling Harbour, and the bridge. So it's pretty amazing. How'd you find life though? Like a bit hectic. Well, I, I was. Well, you, actually, you enjoyed it. You'd go back. I'd go back to like the north side of Sydney, like. Northern beaches, where all the... Where the corona is kicking up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd go back there today? Uh, Give it a probably. bit of time. I'd probably go back there, I don't think. Yeah, I yeah. find it such a contrast. Having lived in Melbourne for 12 years, I find Sydney such a contrast. Even though they're two big cities, they are totally different. Totally different. In terms of culture, feeling. Yeah. Interests. So. Sydney was really active, like, mm. because they had the lockout rules, like, everything closed at one. So I found Sydney was amazing to like research um, what I wanted the gym to look like. So I loved it for that. And at what point did you come to Torquay? Uh, end of 2016. So that was immediately after Sydney? Yeah. I um, bought a car in Sydney. I hadn't had a car for like five or six years. Bought a car secondhand. Packed all my stuff in the back of it off the boat. And it wasn't a lot, just like a few knickknacks and a backpack and 
Um, all these, my friend Leash gave me all these like toiletries and things to stock me up for the year. And um, yeah, I took off and I for thought- For the year? Yeah. Wow. And then um, took off, drove down to Torquay and parked myself in the caravan park with at my auntie's van and she, her and my uncle, um, let me stay there for a couple of months until the rental was ready to move into. I see, stayed in the caravan. Yep. That's the same as me. I was in my sister's caravan at Ocean Grove. Yeah. When I was looking for rentals on the surf coast. It's the best way to start. It's actually looking for rentals in Ocean Grove and Bowen Heads and other places too. So it's just by pure chance that I found a spare room in Torquay and hence moved to Torquay. Yeah. Never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, where it all began. Yeah, well, we're getting to that. So we're in Torquay. Are you at a loose end for work and the rest, or did you just want to kick off your gym and get started? I imagine you had oh, quite a bit of savings from your days as a yachty, six years as a yachty. Yep. We so, should point out for our listeners that you have very few expenses as a yachty because there's nothing to spend your money on. All yeah, you do is so work. you live on board. Yeah. You have your cabin. and then Similar there's to all being in the army, you know, you save all your money yep. and lots of perks. Private chef, so you mm. don't have to pay for food. Um, and you're making US dollars. US or Euros, which is even better. Yep. <laughs> and, um, yeah, moved back to... No, the whole reason I moved back to Torquay was because I planned to open the gym. So in about August... No, as soon as I moved to um, Sydney, my friend took me to a gym called F45 ah. in Piermont. And I loved it. Loved how, like, everyone was into group classes. How it was... I just loved the trainers there. This is, would have been one of the original F45s. Yeah, right, like one of the first ones. Before it became an absolute sensation. And it was a, um, it was really, really fun. And I was like, I want to own one of these. I'm so pumped for it. Mm. And then I looked into, I got all the information, was ready to go. And then the Ocean Grove like area, so the zones. Yep. Ocean Grove and Torquay was in the one zone and that got taken in August, uh, July by someone hit the owners now, I think. July but, of 2016. Yep. Yeah. So snapped I up, you missed snapped out. Snapped up, missed out, and I didn't know what to do because that's where I wanted to move. And Is that F45 in Torquay to this day? Yeah. Or is that the one in Belmont or whatever? Nah, Torquay. Torquay. Ocean yep. Grove. That, the, I think they've got two or three. Um, because of the zoning. So then I also looked at Sawtell, Coffs oh, yeah. Harbour. That Beautiful one got spot sold. On the New South Wales coast. Yeah, that one got sold. There was one in Adelaide. That one got sold. Like all the ones that all I had about eight spots pinned on the map. I didn't really care where I moved to. Cause I was single and. So you were dead serious. You wanted an F45 franchise. Yeah, and they all got snapped up. And then I wasn't going to buy one in Ballarat. That one was taken as well Yep. by October, I think. And then I was like, what am I going to do? So I started, I got like a class pass. It's like a $100 membership for a month. And you can go to a bunch of different gyms in the month, but you're only allowed to go three times. So Sydney was perfect because they've got like, thousands of gyms, yoga studios, little boutique gyms. And I decided to take the best part. Like I took two things out of each gym and made, built this huge list of what I wanted my gym to be. And then 
Um, I went on to like this equipment website, started sourcing all the equipment that I'd need for it, found that, and then I just needed to find a space. So I started looking on realestate.com and I had like all my, still those eight different towns, like Torquay, Sawtell, Adelaide, um, Queensland up there. I can't remember where the other ones were. Yep. Like Byron, I think. And I was actually going to call it my own gym, but I think in Byron Bay they had, that was the name of a gym. So I was like, well, I can't have that. And then, so I had all this preparation ready to go. This is like July moving into August. And then in August, this warehouse in Torquay came up. I sent my mum down to meet with the agent and she had a look. She's like, yeah, it looks pretty good. Think it's what you want and then um big empty shed big empty shed yeah <laughs> exactly what you want yep lots of car parks there's a toilet this is a, mo- a modern industrial facility out uh, behind bunnings in Torquay. yeah when that area was just getting built up so yeah. there was nothing that like the aldi wasn't there i don't, like, don't even think ocean grind was there were they uh, they were there they, they were, were probably there. the first ones there one of the first tenants ocean grind yeah and then Anyway, so I signed the lease for that and then moved in in December. So that so was... you just did it. You went from going to buy a franchise to just doing it on your own. Yeah. Crazy. So did you do any little mini courses in business or online, entrepreneurship, that type of thing, or you just figured you'd work it out as you go? I ended up signing up to a small, uh, a short six-week course, so every Wednesday night. I went to this course in Sydney ran by a lady and there was a bunch of, there was about 20 of us in this course and we all sat together and they gave us like these booklets to work through over the course of the six weeks and it showed you how to set up a business, so what you need to do to register it, to be approved, like for tax reason, like all that little stuff, not little stuff, the big stuff that you need to do. Yeah, it matters down the track. Yep. Not so much in the early days, but yeah. Yeah. You got to have those boxes sticks, ABN and all the rest. Yeah. So went there and learnt all about that. And I think that that was pretty interesting because I went in like fully legit, like spent all this money setting up the business. Yeah. When now I've learnt that you don't need to do that straight off the bat. Like Mm -hmm. you do need to register certain things. Yep. But I was applying for different licenses and like full on... like Professional a full... indemnity insurance, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Which you have to have as a personal trainer. Yep. So I had had that. But then on top of that, I also had more for the gym. Yep. So... For the facility. Yep. Liability insurance and all that. Personal mm-hmm. incident, accident. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So you basically spent all your savings setting up the gym? No, no. You didn't spend it all? No. So it was more about cash flow. So you took out a lease for equipment and a lease for the shed. So you didn't have to have a huge amount of capital up front. It was more about getting those things in order. Yep. And then watching your your account, I guess, watching the expenses grow after that yep. month to month. Mm. Yeah. Rather than putting it all up at once. Yeah, exactly. So it was supposed to be, yeah. So it was really important for you to make revenue really really quickly to cover the expenses in those early days 
Yep. And so it was our typical J curve. You know, you spend a bunch of money up front. There's not much coming in. Did you have a waiting list uh, for people to come in as to your business? <laughs> no. It's called the Ox Effect. It's called the Ox Effect. Yep. So the name came from my friend Alicia and Vic, Vicky. They helped me come up with it. But I was like, oh, I really want something that I love that quote, as strong as an ox. Mm-hmm. And so. We were tossing around names and the ox effect came up, you know, because if you look up the Chinese zodiac for the ox, it's like strong, resilient, slow and steady, like doing something. It just moves slow and steady, but makes big gains. Yep. And really, really strong. Yep. Power to weight. Oxes, they've got very little body fat too, don't they? Mm. So. They're an amazing animal, even yeah. though it's just an ox. But they plough on and they've got a lot of endurance too. Yeah, yeah. And I just loved all the traits of the ox. So I, I felt like it um, really spoke to me. So I got a little bit um, deep on the name. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. You, we, you need some meaning behind your name to be passionate about your business and what you're doing. So how did you go? Month number one, how many how many members? I think I had four. Four? Yeah. How many, how many you need to break even? Eighty. Eighty? So what were you thinking those first couple of months? Was it, holy shit, I don't know what I'm doing or I'm going to get there? It was, yeah, it was, I didn't know what I was doing. But I thought, I never planned on um, working in the business, which was quite funny. Like I always planned on doing like more of a yachting style where I would manage the business from the outside, get trainers in, blah, blah, blah. Working on the business rather than in the business, as they say. Which is what they tell you to do. Yep. But then you realise pretty quickly that it's so much easier not to pay people and do it, do the work yourself. Yep. Yeah, I think any freelancer can identify with that. Yeah. I, I can identify with that. Yeah. Even when I get a big paycheck from a client, I still do a lot of the, a lot of the work myself when I should be handing it over to freelancers and other hires. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you thought you'd do it all. Well, I ends up doing it, doing a lot. I hired... Um, well, had subcontractors, so to come in and do the yoga. So this gym had everything. It was strength training, personal training. There was conditioning work, um, yoga, Pilates, and meditation. So I really wanted it to be a holistic gym. Yep. And I just, I'd never seen that anywhere. Like I had three or four different gym memberships in Sydney, plus the group class thing. Yep. So I was spending... And that was the luxury that I had because I wasn't paying rent or buying my own food. So I just splurged on all these gym memberships. But when I, you know, when you come into the real world, you're not going to have, well, some people do, but you're not going to have all these different gym memberships, um, you know, debiting from your account every week. Yep. So I wanted to make a gym like that, that included all of those things. So yoga, Pilates, strength and conditioning. What was the, the fourth one? Meditation. Meditation. Yeah. So it was mind, body, soul, basically, yep. going down that path. Yeah. Yeah, it was a cool concept. I remember coming to Torquay, and I was a, at a loose end in terms of uh, group fitness and all the rest. Um, also wanting to meet people and some like-minded people and get into fitness and all the rest. And I came across your website and I do remember seeing that yoga, Pilates, uh, meditation and strength and conditioning. And I thought, perfect. Because I actually wanted to do a bit of yoga. Yep. Hadn't done any yoga whatsoever to that date. And I thought, oh yeah, Pilates is good for surfing and then meditation, yeah. It's like, how can you 
go wrong doing a bit of meditation, especially from a professional practice and all the rest. And and the strength and conditioning was kind of a bonus, and mm. the group classes were awesome. So that was a big thing. But yeah, do you reckon it was too much in hindsight to manage all those different aspects of your business? If I was qualified, like I, you know, I wish that I had gone and done yoga train my yoga training and my Pilates teacher training so that I could teach it all myself, even though I love the teachers that came and taught with me. Yep. Yeah, Spending... some really good teachers, local teachers. Yeah, they were all amazing. And boxing. Oh, my God, I had boxing at the start. Yep. And then I had to end up selling all the boxing bags because we were doing it like once a week. Just wasn't paying off. It was just in the way. The boxing bags got in the way. So it was basically, there was five different elements to your gym. There was so much going on. In the first on. month. And you know those restaurants? Have you ever watched that show with um, Gordon Ramsay? Yeah. And he goes in and he looks at the menu and he's like, why have you got 50 things on the menu? Yep. You need to be good at one thing. Yep. So. That's where I was getting at. Yeah. Like in hindsight. It's, it's well, all well and good to look back in hindsight and go, I should have just concentrated on strength and conditioning, for example, which mm. is where I think your real strength is. Yeah. Uh, pardon the pun. But. Yeah, to have focused on strength and conditioning and maybe subleasing, you had a little facility upstairs, didn't you? Which was the yoga studio. Yeah. And you just, in hindsight, would have been amazing to maybe sublease that premise to a yoga instructor or Pilates instructor, have that money coming in and then just focus entirely on the strength and conditioning, which is what you are really known for. Yeah. So. To this day. And I just didn't know how, how to go from having all these members that had signed up for the whole sort of, you know, the whole gym Kitten and be girdle. all of a sudden go, yeah. hey guys, yoga's not included, Pilates isn't, like I just didn't know how to do that. So yeah. I just felt kind of trapped in my own thing yeah. and thought and was too scared to lose, I don't know how many members I would have lost. I don't think it would have been huge because I, we never quite got the numbers for those classes. Like we did sometimes, but... Yeah. yeah. And you also had... Uh, quite a few people from the Quicksilver, didn't you? Quicksilver, at one stage. Yeah. And they and packed up and left. They got bought by... In Queensland. They moved to Queensland. Private equity and ended up heading up to the Goldie. So I had like 21 different members. That was all. They basically lost 21 members in a week. Yeah. Or in a single day. Three weeks, yep. So that was another big hit. But just shows the impact of, I guess, mass job losses on a small community. It yeah. just has that ripple effect through the community. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of other businesses would have lost income too, just from 21 jobs. So Yeah. So that was a big one, but let's fast forward 12 months. How many members did you have? Uh, about 50. About 50. So you're getting there. Yeah. Slowly but surely. It took me 18 months to break even or, you know, to make enough money to cover the bills. Yep. And... Um, yeah, it was pretty freaking So no, no salary, nothing, no income, just paying the bills. Just paying the bills, yep. And getting by and mm-hmm. uh, but you had a rental in Torquay by this stage. You weren't in the caravan. No, I was, yeah, renting from my auntie and uncle, so I was very lucky. You had a pretty good deal there on rent, which was great. Mm-hmm. Good help out from family, which you need when you're starting a business. So again, your gym lasted about two years. So what, what happened at two years? At the two-year mark. Well, so at this point it was making money. Um, so it was profitable. Yeah. Month to month it was profitable after two years. Yeah. 
but I was working 70 hours a week. Yep. Minimum. And it was just not sustainable. And no. I had a lot of pressure from the outside, like just a lot of pressure from either members or new client. Mm clients there were gyms popping up like mushrooms it's everywhere okay. yep. yeah so it's about as pretty much a gym for every one person now <laughs> <laughs> maybe not that much but there's a lot of gyms there is a lot of gyms. and even in that area there's a lot yeah, of crossfit gym. gyms and yeah some which have come and gone but yeah yeah there's f45 and there's other franchises coming into torquay so yeah. ultra competitive field it was it was cr- crazy and, and you were doing all this as a single young single lady yeah barely 28 years old yeah so it just became a lot at that point i really wanted someone to buy in to the business so i approached a bunch of trainers in ballarat and businesses yep um asking if they wanted to take over maybe i could run it for them blah 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 yeah but i wasn't i just i'd had enough i loved my job but i hated running it yeah so the purpose was to get a bit of a cash injection as well yeah, to keep it going. And get a valuation on the business. Yeah. Just, had, yeah. It was worth something. I mean, you had nearly 80 members, yeah. wasn't it? So. Yeah. So it was a tough decision, but in the Tough end, decision to... To end it. So... They so ended it after two years. Yeah. Yeah. Two years, pulled the pin. I had not had it in my head that I had to make it two years, because like, they always say the first... First year, 50% of businesses fail. Yeah. And then in the second year, I think it's like another 50% of them fail. Yep. So I wanted to be the one that, you know, made it through and see that I could st- stick it out. But after five years, it's something like 90% gone. Yeah. So. I don't, it makes sense because it's hard. Yep. So you have to be really passionate about what you do, which I was, but you also have to be realistic realistic yeah. you have to have money coming in you have to yeah yeah so in hindsight maybe next time around if you ever do open a gym again would you start with a waiting list a verified waiting list money in the bank so people not not a waiting list oh, i'm interested in this new gym yeah hey pay 12 months up front i'll give you a three-month discount or a month discount but you pay 12 months up front, give you a month's discount, and you want that money in the bank, ready to go day one, before mm-hmm. you open, ideally. Which yeah. I understand a lot of gyms do. Uh, well, yeah, I think the best way to open a gym is to have 50, like to have your, whatever you need to break even. So if you needed 80 members, you'd have at least 75% of them ready yeah. to start from day one. Yeah, um, financially committed. Yeah, and then you build from that, and obviously you'd have enough money which I did at the start to cover, you know, make the gap. But you yeah. don't want to be paying 100% of that from day one. Yeah, well, lesson learned. You learned a lot. And uh, on your side, you, you built an amazing community of members and people still talk about the Ox Effect with a great deal of admiration. And a, pe- a lot of people miss that community feel and community vibe that was at that gym because it was, was it a franchise that had, had its own little vibe going on at yeah. the... Um, industrial estate it was quite unique and mm. I, was, I was a member there for six months and i i miss it to this day yeah miss doing a workout early mornings on a friday or a thursday morning and getting a coffee from ocean grind and then getting on with the rest of the day so yeah and it's also where i met you exactly that was so, the best thing to come out of it yeah well a, lot, a few a few of your 
former colleague said that. So yeah, yeah. I said, well, at least you met your fiance, lifelong <laughs> fiance. Exactly. I can't get used to saying that. I like saying it. But yeah, we started dating. We met at the Ox Effect, and yeah, I thought oh, this this young lady, she's killing it. You know, she must have a couple of kids and partner and all the rest. And there's no point even trying to pursue it because. <laughs> And then, yeah, it turns out you were single and, well, we've told our story, haven't we, on yeah. the podcast, so yeah. tune into the welcome episode or yeah, one of our other welcome episodes for each season, each respective season, we do an episode, so more details there. Yeah. But lesson learned, the Ox Effect lives on. We've still got some hoodies in this house, actually, that I wear <laughs> and I still wear on a daily basis, especially in winter, so yeah. all not lost, lesson learned. What was the biggest lesson? Um, the biggest lesson was probably in work-life balance. Actually, I learned a hundred different lessons. I can't probably, I can't really pinpoint the biggest one, but I did learn that it is important to, um, find that balance. I would definitely recommend if you're going to start a gym to go in with some backing or in a partnership. So maybe it would be like husband and wife or... Um, uh, with financial backing that sort of thing like it's just impossible to do the numbers well for me in a small business without a franchise without that marketing strategy behind you to just go balls to the wall and you know yep that's the name of this podcast actually balls (laughs) to the wall (laughs) yeah no we know what you mean yeah so just like but again I, I thought when you look at um, how franchises set them up, they have so much backing behind them. I mean, like, yes, there's a lot of extras that you have to pay for, but it's worth it because you're paying for that name. And yep. The well, best, yeah. franchise gyms also take a lot of time to break even as well. I've heard something like two, three-year period before some of these franchise gyms break even so mm. but I imagine that's after paying salaries to the owners as well so yeah but mm. yeah that's it's better to learn a lesson like that I think at age 26 27 28 yeah when you, di- you didn't have anything to lose well that was the thing other than your time and your, yeah your social life and all the rest which you can get back and you've recovered now yeah and so, that's what I thought like Everyone said to me, you're so young, like, if you fail, that's all right. You can just come mm. back to yachting. And that was always the plan. <laughs> like, so that, that was your worst case scenario, shut down the gym and go back to yachting. Because I could make the money back within, yeah. like, 6 to 12 months. It's come up a lot on our podcast is, you know, picturing your worst case scenario. Yeah. And that for you is... Well, I read the book The E-Myth, yep. which is, like, a must-read. So when you when you come up with your business plan and which is what I did, like I know not everyone does that, but I planned it out like I had an answer for everything in the business plan, I had an entry strategy, I had a certain amount of money that I'd met, I had everything ready. But you also have to have an exit strategy. So you have to know what happens when everything goes mm. wrong. When I had that ready to go, didn't play out how I thought it would, but at least I'd thought about it, like yep. what I would do. So worst case scenario, I'd go back to yachting. But I didn't realise that I'd met you. I'd meet you, so I didn't know what to do next. And I didn't so want to tied you down in talk here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It was a good thing, but yeah. yeah I was just starting a full-time job in Torquay, so I wasn't going anywhere, and I just moved to the area, so I wasn't keen on that on moving. So yeah, yeah, that was um, quite a big thing for you to hang around and stay here. Yeah. Imagine if you had to go onto the yachts. Well, I don't think we wouldn't would be here. Be, yeah, wouldn't be doing this podcast. Yeah. So a bit of a sliding doors moment there. Definitely. I'd be doing this podcast on my own. Yeah. <laughs> no co-host. <laughs> No loyal assistant. <laughs> well, you're practicing now as a PT, Jess, and you, I think that's you had an exit, exit strategy in place, which I think helped you recover quickly, I would say. So you were straight back into PT, did a bit of work mm. at RACV Resort, uh, and then for Body Fit, Body Fit and Torquay, and now you're just doing your own stuff in addition to some stuff at Talk Fit and Surf Coast Pilates. And Surf Coast Pilates, so. Yeah. Surf Coast Pilates have just started a new studio, haven't they? So we've got a pop-up Pilates running over summer, yeah. summer months. So that's really cool. So you're back on your feet. A couple of bills owing from the yesteryear, but getting rid of those pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. When the easy option would be to uh, let go of those and sort of file for bankruptcy. Let the, well, file for bankruptcy <laughs> or let the let the bill accrue interest and just ignore it. Mm. So hats off to you for paying off those. And got some steady income coming in, which is great. So things are looking up. Hmm. Who inspires you now? Me. I look up to a lot of... You inspire you. Is that what you meant? No. You said me. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. (laughs) I meant... Can you delete that? I mean you. Not like the other Jess. I mean you. Who inspires you? I get inspired by a lot of my friends, so I tend to surround myself with like really strong, independent women. Yep. I love... Actually, a lot of your friends are business owners, aren't they? So. Or they're really... Like, they know what they want. Mm. I love that sort of vibe. Yep. I really am attracted to that, and I get a lot of inspiration from my friends. Um, I love seeing what they're doing, what they are doing, and... Um, yeah, basically just them. So if you surround yourself with good people, all the people that you want to be, like, it definitely rubs off. Yeah, well, that goes back to that saying, which we've said before on the podcast, you are the average of the five people you hang around with the most. So yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I can uh, vouch for you there. Like, your friends, yeah, very productive, goal-oriented. Not mm-hmm. all business owners. A couple of... One is very academically oriented, so... Yeah, they keep you going, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Jess, where can we go to follow your story? Uh, you can go to the Surf Coast Creatives uh, website or you can follow me on Instagram if you're interested in getting some personal training. Uh, I'm at Jess Mellington PT on Instagram. Jess Mellington PT, all one word. Yep, and on Facebook as well. So just send me a message there. Uh, I've got some 10 session passes that I'm selling at the moment for next year and that's about it. Yeah, hit the ground running 2021. Yeah. With Jess Mellington PT, so mobile PT sessions as in you show up to people's houses and do PTs. It's not done over your mobile phone. No, which is, I love it that way because I can see what people are doing. Like I'm really into people's technique. Um, A lot of my clients might have come to me from an injury and they're like, trying to get around that so it's really important for me to be there not to say that you can't do it online but I prefer that face-to-face interaction so I'd say that's one of your biggest strengths actually is your one-on-one consultations with people yeah yeah and ongoing personal training 
Yeah. You really, really take your time to build that relationship. Yeah. Always planning sessions on a Sunday night or a Monday morning or Yeah. Actually, night. yeah, if I'm up at 4.30, it's probably because I'm doing some last minute, like, go, yeah, go to bed thinking about yeah. what I'm going to do with people and wake up with some new idea. Like, let's try that. <laughs> We're talking tailored and specific plans, not just, hey, let's do... 10 sets of 10 push-ups today and we'll call it a day. Yeah. It's actually tailored to suit individual needs and people recovering from injuries and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, good on that. Just mailing to PT. Thanks so much for sharing your story today. Where can we go to follow the Surf Coast Creatives? Uh, I have to ask that question because <laughs> I can't ask it to myself. Well, you've got to definitely subscribe to the podcast and our email list. So head to the website, www surfcoastcreatives.com and we're on Facebook Surf Coast Creatives all one word we're on Instagram Surf Coast Creatives all one word again and that's about it yeah and don't forget our offer currently with uh, Craig Cross Crossthwaite uh, and CC Images so if you sign up to our subscribe to our email list which you can do for free on our website just hit the link on our Instagram profile or just type in www surfcoastcreatives.com subscribe via our website to the email list for free and you can go in the running to win one of Craig's 2021 calendars which is filled with beautiful landscape images from the surf coast it looks amazing it's so incredible that calendar oh it's beautiful so he gave us four we're keeping one and we're giving away three yep that's it that's it so we won for that and they're sold out, so it's not like you can duck down yeah, to the Torquay news, news agent and grab one. Gone. They're, they're gone. So gone. you just have to sign up. Yeah, so subscribe to the email list. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you thought of just a story today. Hope you enjoyed it. Jess, thanks for being so transparent and open with your story today. Failure. Yeah, your, <laughs> yeah, your business failures and yeah. all the rest in your personal life. So thanks very much for that. I'm sure a lot of people got a lot out of today's episode and you're back on your feet now so things are looking up yeah here's to 2021 here's to 2021 all right guys thanks for tuning in we'll catch you in 2021 have a good christmas as well merry christmas so merry this is christmas. episode five we're gonna have a two-week break coming back early jan early to mid jan so we'll see you in 2021 have a safe christmas and a happy new year and all that stuff so cheers see you later bye bye